He had retired from teaching eight months earlier. This was a relief for him. He had felt out of touch with modern youth for a decade and more, and found control of his pupils increasingly onerous. But with time on his hands, after forty years in schools, Ronald found his life unexpectedly empty at first. Then, during the dark months of his first winter of retirement, he had taken much care over the purchase of the new bungalow at the end of Gurney Close. After much heart-searching, he had disposed of most of the furniture in his big semi-detached house in Ross-on-Wye, and moved into his spruce new residence during a heatwave in the first week of June. Ronald Lennox thought he had taken all of these decisions himself, but his grown-up son, and anyone else acquainted with the couple, knew that they had in fact been taken by his very capable wife, Rosemary. Ronald's fair hair was silvering and thinning now, a little easier to control than it had been in his youth, but it still usually looked in need of a comb, even when he had just attended to it. He was one of those men upon whom even well-tailored clothes never sit easily. His suits crumpled when they would have settled smoothly upon others. His sweaters always seemed to need a hitch at the top to make them sit properly upon his thin shoulders. Lennox remained cheerful in spite of these trials heaped upon him by a hostile fate. Nevertheless, he usually appeared rather surprised when events followed the course he had envisaged for them. He was well informed about most things, though he had never been able to carry his learning lightly. He looked well-meaning, and he generally was well-meaning, but things really turned out exactly as Ronald Lennox had planned them. Rosemary Lennox was as neat and well-organised in her life as Ronald was erratic in his, it seemed that there was never a hair in her neatly coiffured grey locks which dared to stray out of place, however vigorous the activities she undertook, and her head, with its small pretty features, seemed to set the tone for the body beneath it. Rosemary's once tiny waist had thickened a little with the years, as was only fitting, but she retained a neat and well-defined figure. She had been an excellent tennis player in her youth, the reliable partner everyone had wanted in doubles, whether women's or mixed, Neat but never gaudy, her favourite partner had called her, at the dinner to celebrate her retirement from the county tennis scene. Rosemary played a sturdy game still at her local club, and was much in demand on various committees for her common sense and deficiency. She organised the rota, which ran the aged and the infirm to hospitals, and helped to staff other medical and day centres. It was Rosemary Lennox who suggested the street party. It was ten days after the last of the new residents had moved in to Gurney Close. At 9.40 on a perfect June evening, they were exchanging notes across their embryo front gardens in the last light of the long day. Rosemary thought afterwards that she had made the suggestion as much to distract Phil Smart as for any merits of its own. Phil was 51, florid and with an excellent head of rather unruly grey hair. He was already threatening to become the roué of the new little community. He was eyeing the rear of his next-door neighbour, Alison Durkin, when Rosemary made her suggestion about a party. It was, Rosemary was forced to admit, a splendidly rounded rear, and the flimsiness of the cotton skirt which the thirty-two-year-old Ally was wearing was entirely appropriate to the heat wave. But Philip Smart's eyes were getting more bulbous by the moment, and the lecherous attention he was bestowing upon Ali's flanks suggested fantasies which were anything but honourable. Rosemary decided that in a man who had a largely sedentary occupation and was running a little to fat, a prolonged attempt to clarify the mysteries beneath his neighbour's skirt 
might lead to all sorts of cardiac dangers. And the Randy sod must learn to control himself if Gurney Close was going to be a pleasant place to live. So Rosemary Lennox said, I think we should have a street party. A street party? Phil Smart wrenched his attention unwillingly away from Alison Durkin's buttocks to his neighbour on the other side. A street party, said Rosemary firmly. It had been a spur-of-the-moment idea, but she spoke now as if it had been the product of many hours of mature consideration. We had them to celebrate the end of the war when I was a little child. A very small child indeed you must have been, said Phil Smart, with automatic and highly suspect gallantry. I think I was three, so I can't remember the details, but I know we all sat round tables in the street and had sandwiches and cakes and lemonade. And you're suggesting we should do that? This was Robin Durkin.